Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime, transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate in 2003 nike signed 13 year old freddie adu to a seven-figure contract but freddie didn't live up to the hype he is turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. That's right, coming back at you. Real, real quick turnaround here with a preview of this week's match. You got Dan here alongside Nick. And Nick, it's a preview for the one, the only, Dirty Leeds match preview coming up this weekend. Yeah, it's it's one that we had on the calendar uh, since we did all the all the season preview stuff. You know, we, we talked to the square ball. We kind of highlighted it first match in December of what will be a absolutely bonkersville Premier League December for Chelsea. Started off with a little a little tasty rivalry uh, on on the on the first weekend. So yeah, it's it's exciting. I mean, I think most Chelsea fans would have would have seen Leeds play to this point. They've been on most of the the later games and weekends. It seems like so. Uh, I think most know about their style, um, but will they be a matchup for our beloved Blues? Well, look, this is a a rivalry that has produced some pretty, you know, tough matchups over the years. You only look at the 1970 FA Cup and the, if you went back and refereed it, on modern standards, I think the quote was there'd be six red cards and 20 yellows was the, the quote from the commentator or the match official. So there's not going to be a lot of love lost here. And then you add in, Nick, some of the more recent issues, you know, the the Frank Lampard, the Bielsa, the Spygate, the knocking them out of the championship playoffs you know, when Frank's one season at Derby. There's, there's going to be no shortage of storylines for this one with the Bielsa-Lampard matchup. It's uh, jam-packed, as they might say, uh, with with tasty nuggets of, of controversy. I mean, while Leeds-Chelsea has not been a 
league rivalry for some time. Um, I think 17 years to be precise. Uh, it is. It's certainly one that one that our our friends at the Fancast will will know quite well. Um, for those who have been supporting Chelsea for and any number of years, uh, and it's one that I think most Chelsea fans, when Leeds were promoted, had kind of marked on the calendar. You know, maybe it's not as big as Spurs or Arsenal today, or or even Liverpool, but it should be a, a fun one. And, and I will say, you know, we're, we're not a Leeds podcast here, but. Uh, they've certainly brought a sense of energy to the league this year, which has been pretty fun to watch. And and so, you know, you got two contrasting styles coming up against each other. It should be fun. Well, we will get into that. We'll talk about Leeds' current form, how they've been playing, players that maybe we're not wanting to see a whole lot of, maybe a former Chelsea youth product who is leading the line for them currently. Talk a little bit about how Chelsea might approach this matchup, um, the starting 11s. Then we'll get into our things like the score predictions, which we always get 100% accurate. I mean, we are the best in the business at it. Then also starting off with a three-word match preview. New idea from our Discord. We're going to try it, see how it rolls. But before that, Nick, I know you want to chat about Merch Madness one last time. Get the people excited. Get the people hyped. That's right. DM us. Uh, if you are a Chelsea in America chapter, if you're an independent chapter, if you just make cool Chelsea merch on the side for a side hustle, get in touch with us. DM us. We want to see your coolest stuff. We will buy it from you at full price. Rank it in some sort of brackety thing. And then, uh, and then pay it off at the end by donating uh, a set amount of money to your, your local pub to support the, uh, the staff who have been impacted by COVID. Or we'll do some sort of charitable donation that, that we work with you on. So uh, just a fun thing. It doesn't have to be a big deal or anything like that. But we you know, want to figure out ways to support kind of the local, local chapters or, you know, in the case of the Melbourne Blues in Australia, we'll, we'll work with you guys too, okay? <laughs> Well, let's jump into it then. So Leeds, just looking at the tail right now, Leeds are in 12th position at the moment. 10 matches played, 4 wins, 2 draws, and then 4 losses. So a little bit of it's it's their symmetry. There's symmetry in their results there. They have 15 goals for, they have 17 goals against, negative 2 goal differential at the moment. They're actually just a point behind Manchester City. They're ahead by one point ahead of Arsenal so smack dab in between you know those other mid-table clubs at the moment you know trying to figure out how they chart a path to 40 points and staying up this season you know Nick there's a lot of stats here you know we got their attacking stats their team play the defense discipline anything initially right off the bat that you see you're like oh my gosh this is a stat we need to point out because this tells you all you need to know about the way they set up yeah, I mean, goals conceded is is pretty wild to me. I, I wouldn't have guessed they'd conceded 17 goals so far this season. Um, but they they do strike me if you watch them play. And I think, you know, they had an infamous, infamous match against Liverpool in the first matchup of the season uh, where it was a 4-3 and they just they couldn't hold on at the end, right? Um, they're a high-risk, high-reward type of team. And, and, and so far it's, it's been about level in terms of results for them. Right. And they're not the worst, but they're certainly not the best. 17 goals conceded is a, a red flag when you're playing a Chelsea team uh, that has a, a pretty outstanding goal differential in the league right now and has uh, your Timo Werner's and uh, Tammy Abraham's and Hakim Ziyech's that are able to take advantage of a high leads line. And they do play a high line. I mean, it's exactly you know, their, their, their uh, style of play is kind of like 
pep on steroids. They just run all match. It's just, it's constant. It's buzzing around. It's super annoying, Dan. So that's the one that sticks out to me is the goals conceded and just looking at, do we have an opportunity to pick that back line apart? Well, that's what you would hope. And I think the the one thing or the one caveat I would put on their goals allowed is that a lot of these have come in bunches, right? So there was the first two matches in the season. They played Liverpool. They concede four. I think everyone remembers that game or at least you know, it was one of the opening games of the season. It had a lot of hubbulu around it. Then they go and they beat Fulham, you know, 4-3. So it was a little bit of a raucous affair then. But then they beat Sheffield, one nothing. Have a 1-1 draw with City. Lose to Wolves, one nothing. Beat Aston Villa, 3-0. Four goals shipped to Leicester. Four goals shipped to Crystal Palace in back-to-back matches. But then they've, you know, after the break, they've had a little bit of a shift back to some stability here. You know, the nil-nil game against Arsenal. One nil win over Everton, massive uh, Rafinha goal that was a little bit of a shocker there. Kind of caught Everton out, caught Pickford by surprise, and you know I think that's the thing is maybe we have a better goalkeeper at this point, so we can feel a little bit better if they're going to try that shot from outside the box. But you know they have been a side that has been I actually think a little exciting to watch because they they do have a massive you know tempo that they play with and they run. You know, I think this is what we had talked about, you know, Dan from the Square Ball podcast earlier in the season, our you know, season preview. We talked about how fit Bielsa likes his sides to be, how much he wants them, you know, you know, the, the attrition coaches he brought in, the way that he's revitalized, kind of maybe similar to the uh this you know, this the style that Conte brought in, you know, banning ketchup from the commissary, you know, kind of situation. Yeah. It seems like that's Bielsa on steroids a little bit, where he's trying to make sure that his side is just groomed to go for ninety plus. And, you know, a team that thankfully had a chance to rest, you know, most of our starters in this last match in the Champions League midweek gets to come in a little bit fresher against a team that is gonna be up to run that 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember that uh, season preview with Dan quite well because, you know, he did mention, he's like, Oh, I'm not worried about leads in the premier league. You know, the, they play more games in the championship than they do in the premier league. The championships of more physical league than the premier league. And I, I it kind of took me aback, back a little bit because I was like, I, I know you guys haven't been in the premier league for a while, but it's quite a physical league, uh, Dan. Uh, so, I, I think the question with Leeds all season, and particularly heading into a crazy December for every Premier League team, is can they, with a very small squad and a very aggressive style of play that requires maximum effort in every game, can they last or are they going to break down? Because my guess is if they break down sometime in December, it's going to be really, really hard for them to recover it. Um, you know, like the season is condensed by five weeks. You have a lot going on. You're going to have the FA Cup coming up in January, which is, by the way, just a month away from today, <laughs> um, which is wild. Uh, but I, I think they, you know, again, I, I go back to their high risk, high reward style. Them giving up four goals to Palace is a bright red signal that like they can be had on, on the right day. I mean, Palace... Since you know their their earlier matches in the season have not been in fine form, uh, pa- Palace not a high scoring team, Dan. Um, mm-hmm. Not not sexy football from Crystal Palace, but uh, you do have to worry about 
you know, if you're Chelsea on the other end, you don't have to worry about how they play in the offensive third. Obviously, our defense has improved. Mendy's been a you know transcendent player for us. Showell's been great, et cetera, et cetera. But they do play a quick passing style. They do get aggressive in the final third, and they do have a couple of players who can score goals. So you know, it's not all it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I'm not predicting a five 0 thrashing by any means, but like you know, we we have to provide a balanced perspective. Well, I think the other thing to keep in mind too is so their last two matches, right? One goal. You know, zero goals conceded. They also had 48 shots across those two matches, right? So they have peppered, peppered these opposition sides and only produced one goal out of that. And, you know, a a significant minority of those shots were actually on target. And so the other thing to keep in mind is they typically have somewhere in the realm of 60 plus percent possession in most of these matches, even in the matches that they've lost, you know, against teams like Leicester, teams like Palace. You know, regardless of who it is, they want to have the ball. And Chelsea are also a side that really wants to have the ball. And so I think what is going to be different than maybe the match we saw against Spurs in our last Premier League match is you're going to have both sides who are competing for the ball across the pitch. And so it is, I think, going to be a little bit more of a free-flowing, open game than we've maybe seen. Because I don't think it's going to be the type of game where Leeds are going to be willing to sit back and wait for Chelsea to come attack at them. They're going to be competing for the ball on the flanks, they're going to be competing for it in the midfield, and that's where we're going to need our best eleven to come in and make sure that we, you know, dominate in all areas of the pitch. Yeah, I, I think I think that's right. If you're Chelsea and you're looking at, you know, their their general style of play, their possession, all that kind of stuff, right? You could make a really strong argument that this Leeds team uh, resembles Chelsea under Sarri, except they play with more energy, right? They're, they're, they're a high-possession team. They like to play a high line. They like to get their final third players playing short, kind of quick passes. They like to score sexy goals when they can. But their conversion rate is abysmal. I mean, as you said, and the commentary on the last match uh, that they played, you know, said this as well, that their conversion rate last year in the championship was bad. And this year it's even worse. So one wonders, right, if Chelsea go up a goal early, for example— and, and Chelsea are willing to, and I think they will be, willing to sit back and just say, all right, we're going to spring a counter on you. We're going we're gonna to Mourinho you. How about that? Uh, except we have players who can go score goals. Um, you know, and, and you get Werner and Abraham and Ziyech in a, in a mile or acre of space, right? I think it's going to be a very, very challenging game um, if if Chelsea sit back and absorb pressure well, because Leeds will get frustrated, they'll open up even more, and then you just see the spiral happening from there. So it'll be an interesting tactical matchup, but if I were Frank, I'd be looking at this licking my chops because we have players who can hit on the counter, and we have not been as uh, dominant in possession this year as we were like last year, certainly under Sari. You start to see that number come down to find balance and be able to counter a little bit. So... I'll be interested to see how that works. So, in general, how are, what's your attitude heading into this match, right? Just taking a look at those stats, taking a look at the way that they've played so far. Do you have a, a gut feeling on just how you feel about the match? How you feel about this lead side? I don't know how to feel about this one. You know, and, and not because I'm not, you know, I, I was obviously very thrilled with the way that Chelsea performed against... Uh, against Sevilla midweek, um, 
but you know you have you have leads on full rest right they're not playing european football this year um and you have bielsa who's you know kind of doing his mad scientist thing over there trying to figure out how to beat us so it'll be interesting there's the the dynamics of this match would tell you that it's likely not going to be a romp either way right it's mm-hmm. it's likely going to be a one or two goal game you're likely not going to see a nil-nil. I will throw that out there. <laughs> um, so it's not going to be a hashtag Lampard route again. I, I don't, you know, I don't think so, uh, Dan. But I think if you're Chelsea and you're playing at home and you understand how Leeds want to play and the added bonus that you're going to have fans in the mm. stand, however few there are, 2,000 or you know, however many make it in their final number, I would feel okay. If I were if I were Chelsea, I'd feel okay. I'd move from unsure to okay. What it's a, big a move. match! What a first match to have fans back at the Bridge this season. Having just seen Olivier Giroud put four past Sevilla to get us to the next phase of the Champions League, to now bring the fans back to watch us play against Leeds, that's a, that's a good one. That is a good return match there. We're not going to go anywhere because we have other stuff to talk about. we got to take a look insular a little bit, take a look at the Chelsea side of this equation. But we're going to take a real quick break and be right back. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash podcast. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com forward slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Hey guys, Dan here with another Manscaped ad. This time it is for their holiday bundle, the Performance Package. It's the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, makes a perfect gift. If this is on a list, if you are giving this list to somebody and they see that, they know you've got some taste. You've got a desire to be super smooth, to be super well-groomed. Look, you might want to be a Olivia Giroux level. I'm just going to be straight out with you. I'm going to be very honest. Probably not happening for you. Probably not going to happen. But you know what? If you want to trim something other than the tree, this might be the gift for you. This might be the package. So let's talk about what you get. You get the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. It's the best trimmer on the market for it, as the copy says. Your balls, booty, and your body. It also includes the Weed Whacker, which, as it indicates in the copy, is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. It includes the Crop Preserver deodorant and Crop Reviver ball toner to maximize your ball hydrate. It includes two free gifts, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. You get 20% off and free shipping using the code LONDONISBLUE at manscaped.com. And as the copy says, thank you for making our holes look sexy. Now remember, just get in. 
The tree isn't the only thing that might need trimming this holiday season. So you know what? Go over to manscaped.com, use the code LONDONISBLUE, get 20% off that performance package. Don't be a prickly Hans Gruber. Be a smooth John McClain. All right, Nick, so the Chelsea side of this, right? There's a lot that we can talk about. There's no press conference yet because we're recording this on Thursday. All the data we're going to have probably is outdated by this point because Frank has come out and revealed many things that we're not aware of. But we're going to try to do our best and peer behind the curtain, you know, look at those training ground photos, try to figure out what's going on, CSI a bit. How are you feeling about our side heading into this? You know, how we've performed in the Premier League, been really strong this season, very few goals conceded, plenty of goals scored, third in the table. Everything looks good from our perspective, and this looks like a game that you win and continue to show a little bit of dominance and actually make the teams above you get a little frightened about, oh man, Chelsea are finding form, they're continuing to find ways to win. Yeah, I think it's an important game for Chelsea, not only because of, you know, the dynamics between Chelsea and Leeds and all the history there, but... You know, we, we talked about this uh, after, you know, the last Monday pod, which was, uh, you know, this is the ninth pod this week. So, you know, you have to really go back in your catalog <laughs> for this one. But uh, we we're talking about the month, right? It's a it's a big month for Chelsea. There's a lot of tough matches in here. I would count Leeds as one of those tough matches. So if, you know, you, you play this out in your head and if Chelsea are somehow able to go out and win this match, and you know, put continue to put pressure on, continue to show their depth, continue to show their class. Then I I think it bodes really well for the next couple of matches. And you know what we talked about, you know, uh, after the Sevilla matches, forming these two sets of elevens who can go mm-hmm. out and, and win matches. It's so mm-hmm. important. The depth is going to shine potentially for Chelsea in this moment. So I feel pretty good about Chelsea. Um, you know, it is, I would equate this Leeds match though to, you know, in, in major league baseball, seeing a submarine pitcher for the first time, <laughs> you know, the first time through, he looks like an absolute amazing Cy Young type yeah. person. And then the second time up at bat, usually you get a read on him and, and start hitting dingers. So it'll be interesting to see how Chelsea, how quickly Chelsea adapt Dan to what Leeds is going to throw at him. And then same for Leeds, you know not discounting our own form. Like they're going to have to adapt a hell of a lot to what we got going on. Yeah. That's the other piece of the equation. I think just, again, we're, we're not in Frank's backroom staff. Clearly we're not. No, we, but so that gives us the opportunity to look a little bit about what else is going on. Cause he needs to focus on playing leads, but we can take a look at the fact that Tottenham play Arsenal this weekend, Liverpool play Wolves, Leicester play Sheffield. You win this game. Maybe Arsenal and Arteta gives a little bit of trouble to Mourinho. Maybe Wolves find a little bit of form against Liverpool and get them struggling a little bit. There's all possibility that Chelsea could put themselves in a position to really close that gap again over this weekend, too, with a decisive win. And so I think that's the other thing that Frank isn't going to say it. And I think you know our friend Matt Law would say like, "Oh, Frank would kill me for saying this type of thing." And you know they're like, "Oh, we this is what could happen." Let him focus on that game. But this is a game if Chelsea wins, puts us in a position to continue driving in the Premier League. Even though Tottenham are top, even though Liverpool and Tottenham have more points than us currently, this is a driver's seat game in my mind. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you look at the landscape of, you know, I'm just I'm going to pull up the Premier League schedule here live because, you know, I just 
I'm, I'm so fascinated by the dynamics of this, right? Like, to me, if, if you're Chelsea and you know that you have six tough matches in, in December, right? And Leeds is the first of a gauntlet, right? You know, we're going to play every academy player that we have against Krasnodar, <laughs> which we should because we earn that right, right? I mean, this is... A and game that Danny Chelsea Drinkwater gets his first minutes for Chelsea this season. <laughs> Why not? You know, so, uh, he's earned it. Um, you know, but your Tino Andrews, your Billy Gilmore's, your Fakai, everybody should be playing. You know, we we should not have a potential starter playing against Krasnodar. So you you beat Leeds. You're in a good position, right? You're you at the worst you can be at the end of the weekend is still where you're at. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Everton, who's on a bit of a slide, not playing certainly as well as they were at the beginning, but we know going to uh, uh, going up to Goodison, I uh, forgot the name of their stadium for a second, going up to Goodison is a, a tough matchup for Chelsea, okay? So whatever, you, you factor that in. Going up to Wolves, tough, although we've beaten them up there the last handful of seasons, so I feel pretty good about that. Then you have the Declan Rice Derby <laughs> against West Ham. <laughs> At home, perhaps one of Declan's last games before he joins Frankie Lampard's Showtime Blues in January. And and just, you know, you, you have that, and then you go to Arsenal. Big, 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 big month, right? So let's let's play out a scenario where Chelsea... Oh, and then, and then you have Villa at home. Sorry, that's the last yeah. game of the, the calendar year. Sorry, so seven matches, actually. Whoops, not six. Um... Counting has always been my strong suit. Big stats, guys, you know. Um, if Chelsea are in the same exact position as they are at, you know, we're, you know, let's say we're, we're one or two points off of the, the top of the table. Entering into the game against City on January 2nd. And you win that game. There's something serious to talk about. Because we all know that moving, you know, in, in golf, moving day basically solidifies where players are going to be there or thereabouts, right? So we know that January, February is really when the cream gets separated from the top, right? You make it through this gauntlet of December and you're in a one or two points off or potentially you're doing better than that. It's a really significant deal. I don't know if that's going to happen. We have it's a tough month, assuredly, but you can make an argument, Dan. Looking ahead, and I know that's not the point of this whole segment, but I'm I'm just looking ahead, going. You beat Leeds, it sets it up. The team continues on this confident run. You do whatever against Krasnodar, it doesn't matter because you've already won the group. Then you really get these players ready for Everton next. Well, and you think about that that we you know we might have mentioned this too previously. Spurs have Arsenal coming up. Then they go and play Palace, who's yep. not not necessarily a pushover this season. Nope. You go up against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. They go up against Leicester. So you start to see a pattern here. They go up against Wolves of their last calendar game of the year. Uh, sorry, actually, no. Their last calendar game of the year is Fulham. So let's just give them the three points for that one. Yep. But potentially puts them in a position where they could drop points in this run of matches as well. You know, Liverpool, you know, they could split points with Spurs when they have a chance to play. You know, Liverpool are also dealing with you know several injuries across their squad still at the moment. So th- there's all likelihood 
that Chelsea could find themselves in a really positive position. But they have to win this match. Winning this match is key to that. So let's kind of talk through what do you think the starting 11 looks like? There's going to be a lot of people, and you know, Shane on Discord is talking about, maybe we need to bury the word meritocracy if Giroud doesn't start because he just scored four goals. But surprise, Nick, I don't think he's in your starting 11, your prediction here. So is Frank Lampard, do we have to kill the word meritocracy after this match? No, you don't have to kill the word meritocracy <laughs> after this match. I, it's a it's a matter of rest, I think, more than it is about meritocracy. We said after the Sevilla review, which was just one day ago, um, it will be incredibly, incredibly harsh if Giroud doesn't start this game after what he just did. He will not be happy, guaranteed. He d- he's done what he can do, right? He scored four goals in a match. It's a lot. It's many goals. But you look at how this team needs to set up, and I think Frank does the rotation thing on purpose. Not only does it get players who are on the fringes match time and get some uh, humming along and, and ready to step in at a moment's notice should you have an injury, should you have a COVID scare, should you do whatever, mm-hmm. but it gives your team of earners a chance to just relax for a minute the first time he has all year really it gives Pulisic a chance to maybe work his way back into the squad as a sub it gives Callum some minutes on this whatever you, you see what I'm doing here so my my estimation is that instead of Giroud Tammy Abraham will start this game and it's because of the things that we were talking about you know you brought up a really good point just the style of play against Leeds is it's a little more demanding uh, from a speed perspective. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to counter quickly. You want to be able to free up. You know, Tammy can hold up the ball just fine. You want to be able to have it hold up and get it out to Timo, get it out to Ziyech, play it back to the midfield so you can go over the top. You know, you want to make sure this is quick. And I think that is is Tammy Abraham, uh, you know, kind of suited well. So I have Mendy, James, Silva, Zuma, Chili B. You're starting back five. I mean, it's pretty set at this mm. point, right? Uh, then I had a little interesting wrinkle in the midfield because I think I think many people are looking at Havertz and going, well, he's, he's back and he's going to play, right? I don't think so. I don't think yet. I think he's still coming back from this COVID thing. I think you're going to see a Conte Kovacic Mount midfield because Mount, as most will note, incredibly good at high pressing and I think incredibly good at countering. Uh-huh. So you want you definitely want Mountain in advanced position in this game. Then I have Werner, Abraham, and Ziyech, which you know shouldn't surprise a whole lot of people. Um, incredibly harsh on Giroud, Dan. Incredibly harsh, but it is what it is. Well, look, he's not going to win the Golden Boot in the Champions League if he doesn't play versus Krasnodar uh, next week, <laughs> and so. You know, when he puts four past them and uh, goes ahead of Murata and others, you know, on our Champions League winning run, you know, that's going to just be an important thing that we need to keep in mind. You need to pat, you know, stad the, uh, pad the stats a little bit there. So I agree with the back line. I think that makes sense. You know, they all got a chance to rest over our midweek match. So they're going to come back fresh. Uh, fresh. Mendy, you know, is the only one who's going to be, I think, the most consistent starter potentially this season. Then it is Conte. I think it is Mount. I actually think Havertz will start only j- because I think you benefit from having someone a little taller, a little bit smoother on the ball, and someone who will also plow it forward a little bit. 
Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you could say that if we're going to have to win the ball more regularly, that Kovacic might make more sense in that regard. Like, you know, we're going to be fighting for possession. So I, I could see that. But, you know, you saw the way that Havertz was able to counter quickly against Sevilla. That shows me, at least, that he's got that, that fitness that we've been looking for back. And then I, I agree with you that it's a front three uh, of Werner, Abraham, and Ziyech. I, again, do think it is incredibly harsh on Giroud. But again, he needs that golden boot to go with that Champions League winner medal that he's going to have at the end of the season. And you just want to give him both. It'd be well, great. And, and Giroud kind of, you know, he's obviously been the subject of, is he going to go in January? Is he, you know, because his whole thing is playing for France at Euro. Right. I mean, that and he rightfully should be thinking about that. It's probably his last international tournament and he wants to be a part of it. And, and I, I have no qualms with that. Uh, you know, I want to see him succeed. We both love Giroud uh-huh. and we want to see him succeed. But he came out today with a quote that was pretty interesting. Right. Which is, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's, he talked to Deschamps, you know, France's manager, because I think there is a, a question if he's been on the bench for two months, didn't play. Uh-huh. Is he going to be fit? Is he going to be ready? Like, fair enough. Right. But he's, he's talked to Deschamps. He said, I'm pretty sure I can get some more game time and stay at Chelsea because that's what I want. I want to win trophies with Chelsea, so that's basically it. And every Chelsea fan came out to say, this is a fucking legend. That is the right attitude, right? Like, it's the I would rather fight than run mentality mm-hmm. that Chelsea, a young Chelsea squad, admittedly, need to see like that's leadership and so i i think he's probably come to some sort of agreement with frank to get some more playing time fair enough and now we're going to see more of him because we're just gonna have to see more of him yeah period i mean the the math works in his favor right there are too many matches in too short of a time he's gonna play and he's going to score really important goals turns out that's what he does so I'm excited for him, and it's, it, again, bummer that we don't have him in our lineups, but we're kind of just playing the math, too. Well, and it seems like he would be the logical sub for Tammy potentially later in the game. You would imagine that Pulisic probably is a substitute in this match, and then maybe someone like Kovacic or Callum ends up being a substitute, You know, again, barring any type of issue with injury in the match. But I would imagine those three look to be the most likely subs now, especially with Timo really kind of being played out left more than in a central position. I think the one other thing that could happen is maybe you do see something like a Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech front three if you wanted to maybe take a Tammy out where you just want to go all all engine, all NOS at the front of the lineup and just kind of try to take it to him. That's <laughs> another way you could go about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of calculations here. Like, you could easily see... Whoever doesn't start between, because I'm very sure Mason's going to start start this match. Um, very, like, I, first name on on the team sheet, my guess is uh, old Mason Mount. But I, I think you're probably going to see whichever doesn't start between Havertz and and uh, and Kovacic will come on for the other, right? Yeah, you, you could see that. And like, the the only other thing that we would add to this sub discussion is clearly the Premier League is going to take another vote on expanding the five subs again at some point this month. Uh, Dear God willing on that because, happen. yeah, there are too many injuries happening for, for it not to. So uh, you will see even more opportunities for some of our unused subs in the future to get used. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I feel pretty confident in the lineup on this one. All right. So is there 
Is there a player on the lead side that you're afraid of? You know, there's a couple people on that roster. You know, one previous Chelsea youth player, Chelsea Academy player that, you know, maybe is mine, but I know you, cho- I think you chose somebody different. I did. I, I actually respect their, I respect their squad. They have some pretty good players. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the one that stands out to me because I, I, I enjoy a midfielder personally. I, I like a midfielder who wants to get stuck in. I like myself some Calvin Phillips. Um, oh. I really do. I think that he is he's a good uh, good kind of box to box midfielder. Does not play a, a truly defensive style. Does not really threaten you with a whole lot of goals. But recently got his England call up. And I think oh. is playing relatively well. And you know when you think about potentially a midfield that includes a Havertz or you know a Mount playing that number ten. You know they're going to have to figure out ways to get around him because I think he is kind of the an engine part of the of their squad. So uh, I, I don't fear him, but I do respect him. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean they've got a pretty settled midfield. You know you look at um, Mateus Klitsch in there as well, Harrison. You know they, they Dallas. They've got a couple of midfielders that are dangerous both forward and in a defensive standpoint. So. Definitely plenty of players to watch out for. I think it's got to be Patrick Bamford. I mean, he's on seven goals for the season. You know, he had a a pretty nice hat trick, which rewarded a couple of fantasy Premier League uh, players this season. Not me. Um, Not after I put him in my lineup. (laughs) Yeah. But he's the one. You know, it's just the, the weird effect of seeing a former Chelsea player, someone connected with the team playing against us it's that like oh they're gonna be the one to score aren't they because that's the narrative that's the terrible narrative here but i mean i actually you know would say super exciting for him though to mm-hmm. have gone you know to the middles road find himself at leeds and to come help bring a team into promotion and stay you know we talked about you know costa one of their their big signings over the summer and dan from square ball was like he has to start he's you know our most expensive signing of all time Patrick Bamford has kind of kept him iced out of the lineup the majority of the time. And so credit to him, Chelsea Academy producing another wonderful player that is just doing the business in the Premier League. Oh, and, and Rodrigo too. I mean, I, I, we, we remember Rodrigo from Valencia last year. I mean, mm. he, he scored against us. Um, he, he hasn't really clicked it in yet. Uh, admittedly, um, Rafinha is another one, though. I mean, if you're if you're thinking about a matchup for old Chili B on the on the left hand side of, of Chelsea's defense, uh, Chili's going to have to be a little weary of him. And and I would like to see a really really strong performance from Ben Chilwell in this match. I, I think mm-hmm. he's been a little shaky in the last couple, maybe a little leggy, and you know w- wouldn't be. Uh, I think it'd be hard to blame him <laughs> for being leggy at this point, but. It's it's really important that he shuts down Rafinha. You have there are times when I've watched Leeds this year where it's really tough to tell who their defenders are and who their midfielders are because they do make different runs. So I think it's just there has to be a general awareness from the Chelsea defense of who's making runs at what time and mm-hmm. who to pick up who. All right, so typically this would be where we would go through three reasons why. No sponsorship from three, but we'd be happy to accept it in the future. Uh, no Brandon Busby on this episode. Uh, no phone a friend, no dialing him in, no uh, Mina Kimes, David Chang situation. Uh, but you know what? Two reasons why Chelsea are going to win. Nick, you left your answer blank here. You can steal mine if you want, but I'll let you go first. Oh, why we'll win. I, I, yeah. I counterattack. I, uh, 
I, I think this is set up for Chelsea to have 42% possession, sit back, absorb pressure, frustrate leads a little bit, and then spring counterattacks. And, you know, I, I see this scenario playing out pretty obviously in my brain, which tells me that Frank probably does as well. If I see it from my living room, I, I expect the, the staff to see it. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the first real counterattack that we get, we're going to score and it will open up the entire game and make it really mm-hmm. difficult. So I think that's my, my scenario in which we win. Yeah, I went the opposite side, you know, just looking at the way Leeds have tried to shoot without any maybe focus, shoot anytime they get the ball at the feet of a player and not always be on target, not necessarily have the best conversion. I think our defense has been pretty resolute at times. You had a chance to rest the entire starting back five outside of Mendy midweek. They're going to be super fresh. They're great at limiting high-quality shots. And I think Leeds are going to need a little bit of luck to score. I think it's going to be hard. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a good shooting lane unless there's a massive individual mistake, which really hasn't seemed to be the case. Once Thiago Silva came in, He's helped to really elevate the level. Reese James continue to expand and grow as a player. Premier League proven Ben Chilwell comes in and Zuma, under the tutelage of Silva, has really leveled up his game as well. So I think our defense is just going to not give them a lot of opportunities. And they're going to have to be really, you know, maybe a weird deflection, a handball penalty, something just absolutely stupid is going to be the reason why yeah. they, they find themselves in a position to win. Well, and again, much like Maurizio Sarri's Chelsea, Leeds play one way. Yeah. It's all it's all or nothing. They don't, they're not a chameleon team where they have different styles. They're not going to come out in a low block and just sit there, right? Like you kind of understand how they're going to play. It's why they're so effective uh, in what they do is because they do one thing, you know. But Chelsea does have many different colors that they can change into if they need to, which we're you know, I would say we're more of a chameleon in that way. We can sit back. You know, mm-hmm. We we can play a high line. We can play super aggressive press, or we can, you know, kind of wait to counter. So, I I think Frank knows what to do here, and I think he's already played against Leeds, you know, before with a much less talented team. So, uh, my hope is that this is uh, this is kind of set up for us. All right. So why will Chelsea lose or draw? Two reasons. What's yours? Um. Why will loser draw is I'm kind of juggling between two things, but I think I'm going to pick lack of finishing. Um, You know, let's, let's look at Timo and Tammy in particular, like let's have, you know, let's say they miss a couple early ones. Maybe they don't get their confidence in, you know, maybe it's not flowing the way that Chelsea wants to. I, I think that's that's where we're set up for a little bit of failure, but um, I don't I don't believe that to be the case. But I could see that as a potential scenario. That's why I had to. I had underperforming expected goals. You know, it's just going to be a matter of of converting our opportunities on. Mm-hmm. You know, if we do that, I don't have any doubt in my mind. Even if we do concede, that Chelsea won't be able to put more past leads than they would be able to put past us. Uh, but again, that takes us to score predictions. And I think I leaked mine a little bit there, but it's I think it's 2 nothing Chelsea. I think Frankie Lampard and the Showtime Blues are going to keep getting it done and take all three points, especially in front of home fans for the first time this season. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of extra energy, extra excitement there, and I think it's going to spur the team on to a great result. 
Um, I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1. Oh. Um, I, I think we'll be up 2-0 relatively early, and maybe they get a late concession. Um, but, yeah, I, I have a weird feeling they're going to score. So, again, I hope I am the sacrificial lamb that allows Chelsea to keep another clean sheet on the season. Um, I think, you're, you know. Dan's, Dan's body of work on the clean sheet is, is well established at this point. So I'll, I'm probably wrong, but yeah, I think I have a weird sneaky suspicion. They're going to get a late one just to, you know, say they got one, but I think Chelsea will be up early in this match. I think it'll be relatively comfortable in the first half and, you know, then it's just about seeing it out. All right. So we're going to end it on a three word match preview favorite match preview because the people have asked for it nick we we had a english teacher in our discord say they're loving it they're loving the three word games that we've been playing with three word match reviews what is a three word match preview that you have you're going to kind of try to encapsulate the match ahead (laughs) i had i had two of these and now i forgot one of them but i was probably going to go with damn it um, all right, so I'll, I'll turn my attention to a guy that I've, I've been a little, you know, I, I think I've been on his back a little bit recently, but if there's ever a match that Timo Werner is going to show up, it's Turbo Timo time in Ooh. this one. Oh, I like that. Turbo Timo time. Yeah, I like the... I like the alliteration. It's always a good thing to go with. I'm going to go with Bridge Bounces Bielsa. Because Ooh. the bridge is back. The Ooh, fans okay. are back at Stanford Bridge. The boys are back at Stanford Bridge. The Blues are back at Stanford Bridge. And they're going to do the business and bounce Bielsa out of there. So that's what I'm hoping with. Let us know your three-word match preview. Let us know what you think, why Chelsea are going to win, why Chelsea are going to lose. Let us know why you think you know, Dan and Nick saving the world together without Brandon is always a wonderful treat. And we'll try to do it more often. You know, it's the facial hair club right here. It's the, <laughs> the bearded brothers are, are back once again. But, Nick, any final thoughts before we get him out of here? Oh, let's beat Leeds. God, that would be fun. Let's <laughs> let's do it. I mean, we I think, you know, Chelsea are on this run right now. Let's just keep it going for as long as we can because these are a hell of a lot more fun to do when we're winning. 100% agree with that. But, Chelsea fans, that is it. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Brandon. You're here in spirit. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.